You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey, David. Hello. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Got the day off. I'm uh, disassembling my living room because we're going to decorate it. Really? What's What's oh, yeah. the big? Uh, I mean, did you get new furniture or something? Or yeah, just... we had we had we had new windows fitted yeah. quite a while back, and um, we've been living with kind of half strip walls ever since. So. And then we have the ceiling redone as well, so it all needs sorting out. But you know what it's like packing up all the gear, the accumulated rubbish of of family life. You find out how much stuff you don't need anymore. I know. But the problem is, I was saying this to somebody to somebody the other day. Days gone past, you would just take it all down to the dump and you throw it away. Now you're picking things up, thinking, "Oh, I can sell this on eBay. I better keep it." Yep. My uh, <laughs> my wife is on uh, Facebook. Of course. Yeah. And her latest obsession on Facebook is to she's she belongs to all these buy sell trade locally things. Yeah. And uh I, I have to say she's she's doing real well. You know, she's making uh a little bit of money. Of course she's spending a little money too. But, you know, if, if you average it out, she's probably making more than she's you know, buying. Yeah, but she's really into it, and uh, cool. Yeah, you know, there's heaven forbid she was, you know, going to casinos or something. I, I would much rather this. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. she likes it, and uh, it's got to be better than uh, turning to the source. Well, <laughs> it goes without saying, I would imagine. So I, I encourage her. I she there's a passion in her voice when she's talking about it. In fact, uh, we're, we started recording at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard today, and she's actually meeting someone at 11 to do a swap. So cool. we've got a little bit extra time than we usually do. Excellent. But it's funny that the person that she's doing the swap with, they're meeting at a Walmart parking lot on the other side of town. Yeah. But the woman she's meeting actually lives on our side of town, too. But yeah, but that's one of the, one of the rules of those sort of things is you don't go to people's houses. No, I bit, did. That's I a did. bit too stalky. <laughs> I went to my, you know, I told you, um, I, did I mention on the show that my daughter won the thing? Did I talk about that on the show or not? No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, I, I could talk about it. So yeah. we had a, a father-daughter dance two weeks ago. They have these at the school district that my daughter goes to. Mm-hmm. And my older daughter, of course, goes to the same school district. She's a senior in high school now. And so I've been doing these daughter-daddy dances since, you know, my 17-year-old was six. Yeah. And my older daughter never seemed to win anything at these things. They'd always have raffles, and anybody attended, they'd have, like, 20 little prizes, and they would randomly pick names. I think Rachel won something once. Maybe twice, tops. But it was always something small. It was nothing, you know, big. So this year, as we're walking in, I see that they're having a raffle for four Nintendo DSIs with with two games each. Mm -hmm. And so I bought some raffle tickets, and Brooke won. She won a a Nintendo DSi, so she was just totally geeked about it. Yeah. And I was very happy for her. The games are, you know kid games that she would like yeah and she's been playing the crap out of this dsi she likes the fact that it has a camera and uh she's just really geeked about it and it's it's fun to see so i was on 
looking at my wife's stuff on the buy sell trade and I saw someone selling some DS games and she wanted seven dollars a piece and I said, Hey, I'll give you ten bucks for both of them and she said, Fine. Yeah. So I go, uh she asked if I could come to her house. She actually wanted me to come like a week later, but I was going to be in Chicago. She said, Could you come on Saturday? My husband would be there and uh you could do it with him. I said, yeah, that's fine, you know. So I drove over to his house on Saturday, and he he knew I was coming. He knew there was games, but he didn't know which games or where they were, or you know, typical. That's what yeah. us, that's what us guys do. <laughs> and so he tells me, you know, I I go onto his porch and it's an enclosed porch. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, kind of. It's, so it's it's it has a door. It's all sealed in. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still yeah. kind of open to the elements. Yeah. And he's got a pit bull, and he's keeping the pit bull at bay. And he tells me uh, the pit bull doesn't like anybody. <laughs> it's very unfriendly. Of course, I'm glad that he's then keeping the pit bull back. Absolutely. So yeah. the second time he goes back into the house, this time to call his wife to find out which of the games, because he finally finds the games, but he doesn't know which two they were. And I didn't remember, to be honest. I was like, I, I think one of them was a Pokemon game, and I... I couldn't tell you what the other one was. It was Mario or Sonic Racing or something like that. But the door doesn't shut all the way. And the pit bull comes out. And I can look at this pit bull and immediately say, I say to myself, this dog's going to like me. Yeah. And so I did the, what you doing, puppers? You know, that kind yeah. of. And this dog was come up, smelled me, and it was so excited to meet me. That it was wagging its whole body, not just its leg, <laughs> or just not just its tail. And uh, the guy comes out and he sees this dog just all over me, getting pet and giving me that whole "I love you so much" kind of dog thing yeah. that dogs do. And he says, "That dog doesn't like anybody." And I said, "Well, he likes somebody." <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Well, may- maybe, uh, maybe just. Everyone's so terrified this dog that they never give it any attention, and that's why it's so yeah, grumpy. It could be absolutely. It's like everyone thinks I'm an ass. Why? Why doesn't anybody like me? Yeah. So, or I was just Tiny Tim, and he was Scrooge. One of the two, maybe. So, uh, last episode, David, we talked about the PS uh, Vita. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't like speaking from ignorance, so I went and I got one now. Of course you did. Yeah. You, As you, I you, said to you during the week, because you're a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> and I I said yes. <laughs> and I've been pretty busy since I bought it, so I haven't spent I would say I would say I spent less than an hour with it so far. Mhm. But I, you know, I have come to some conclusions. Um it's a lot lighter. A lot lighter than the original D, uh, PSP. You know, I've got both of them right here. And the new one is much larger. Uh, yep. It's got a bigger screen. The The body itself is bigger. Uh, they're about the same thickness. But the weight difference is night and day. The, it's kind of weird. You'd think the new one would be... Heavier. Heavier, because right. yes. it's got more stuff in it. Yeah. It's not. It's it's lighter. Um, 
it has the the famous Sony stylings, if you will. And shiny, and, and black, shiny plastic. black plastic, yeah. But by the same token, when you're in a, a little bit of a darker room and you're playing this, everything but the screen disappears. Uh-huh. Which is what you want, because that's where the content is. Um, the, the big thing that I, I talked about was the dual analog sticks. Yeah. And they work fabulously. They're good because I've I've seen some reviews online saying that they're a, they're not particularly easy to use. I I, I disagree. I think they're perfectly right. easy to use. Um, but then again, maybe they're coming from just touchscreen type of devices, and they they're not really video game enthusiasts that are used to holding you know a controller for yeah. a PS3 or an Xbox 360. To me, it just works, and I like yep. it a lot. Um, the screen. Is gorgeous. But that being said, it's not as good as the newest iPad or the iPhone 4S. It feels different. Uh, no, I think it uses a different technology, doesn't it? It's uh, OLED yes. rather than IPS, yep. which is what the uh, the iOS devices use. It's, it's, it's almost... <coughs> on a retina display on, on an iOS device... It's almost like the 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 icons are floating on the glass. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it feels like you're touching those icons. It's just that crisp and clear. On, and maybe it's, it's when, when you're at the home screen, the little round icons that are touch screens, they're yeah. round instead of square, and they kind of rotate left, right, up, down, and move just a tiny bit. And it's kind of neat, I guess. But when you scroll the screen, it's like the buttons kind of move with it and kind of like bob back and forth for a second. And and all that is neat, but it gives you the impression that they're floating in air. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, visually, I'm sure that looks great. But actually, if, you, if something you want to touch it, you don't really want it to be moving around. No, you don't. Um, but it's just a little bit. I mean... Yeah. It's not it's not annoying. But the icons themselves for the apps and stuff are kind of crummy, to be honest. It's like uh-huh. they went with the lowest common denominator. Now, the UI itself is terrible. If you're used to a PS3, you'll get around on here okay, but it's, just, it's not good. It's not intuitive at all. Which... I mean, one of the arguments you were suggesting the other week when we talked about this was that maybe you didn't need to have, because uh, I, I was talking about, you know, an, an iOS device or an Android phone or everything kind of does it all in one device. And you were saying, well, may, maybe the PSP can, but you're saying you don't think it can because it's not, not particularly usable. Well, it's fixable because it's software, of course. Yeah. But yeah, but they they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> Sony, Sony, this is Sony we're talking about. Yeah, they don't change. Like Microsoft and the Xbox 360 has a brand new UI every eighteen months or so. Yeah, they're all terrible, but they're, at least they're trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Personally, I'll be honest. The very first UI for the Xbox 360 worked really well. It was really easy to navigate, and it's got progressively worse since. Yeah. I- the newest one, they kind of they've they've kind of gone with a, a Windows Mobile type mm-hmm. p- 
pine thing, and it's just like it's terrible. You know, they're all they're all smushed together. And I, to me, to be honest with you, all I want from an Xbox 360 most of the time is turn the thing on and be able to immediately press a, a big ass button that says "Play Game in Drive." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the rest of it I'm not really so into. I guess on a PS Vita, you want a little bit more than that, but really, again. Most people picking up are going to play a game on it, so it should be easy just to go straight to the game. Yep. Um, I did download a couple apps for it. I downloaded Facebook, and it it's Facebook, and Netflix. Really hard to screw up Netflix. I mean, you give them an ability to browse or search for a thing, you hit play, and it plays. Yeah. Um, but you're getting the black bars because it's not you know the correct aspect ratio. Which is a little disappointing, but this is a bigger screen than a iPhone four. But you, mm-hmm. and it's in fact it's a bigger screen than the original PSP, but it's much smaller if you're used to using, say, an iPad. Yeah, it feels tiny. Um, gameplay on it is uh, the the offerings right now, and of course it just came out, so I'll, I'll give it a, a a pass on this. But the, the offerings of games is minuscule. For true PS Vita games. Now, you could play all the PSP games on it if it was a downloadable game. Or the PS Mini. Um, what I was really looking forward to, honestly, David, was they have the remote play. Now, they had this on the PSP as well. Whereas, you actually play games on your PS3 via your handheld. So, does does it mirror the screen? Or, or is, does the handheld just become a controller? It it does both. It becomes a controller right. and it mirrors the screen, but you don't see the screen on your television. It, it has this big thing up there saying it's being controlled by remote play. Right. <clears throat> and if it worked well, if it actually worked, it would be phenomenal. Unfortunately for Sony, most of the games, the disc-based games, do not work at all. Most of the PS3 games do not work at all. And I know that there's a hack out there that if you jailbreak your PS3, they all play just fine on the Vita. So it's obviously a software problem that Sony has decided they're not going to implement yet. And I don't understand why. Because you can Mm. also do the remote play via the internet. So I could be in a hotel on my Wi-Fi, connect to my PS3 at home, and play my PS3 games in the hotel. Uh, Now you see that... That if it yeah, as you say, if that worked, that would be kind of that would be pretty cool. Well, it does work, except Sony has put restrictions on which games are going to allow you to do that, which is pretty much all games at this point. And I don't understand why. I can't, I can't fathom any possible reason for that. None. I, I, you know, I'm just looking on Wikipedia here. The uh, the list of games that work is minuscule. They're all stuff you've never heard of. Right, you don't uh, care. In the main. Yeah. There's only Except, one disc-based it, game that I got to work, and that was uh, Lego Batman. Yeah, but again, Lego Batman, really? Right, I know, it's been out for like eight years. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's on everything. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, you really want to connect over the internet to your PS3 to play Lego Batman. Right. Not. Right. I don't, I don't understand the reasoning behind this. That, to me, they should have, from day one, said... Any game that you could play on your PS3, you could remote play on your PS Vita. Any of them. Because now you have... 
I could understand why you cut it on the PSP, the original, because you didn't have dual sticks, and so many games require that. Yeah. But, you know, the technical limitations are gone now. The physical limitations are gone now. The PS Vita is ostensibly a an Xbox, or I'm sorry, a, a PlayStation controller with a really nice screen on it. So there, there's no technical isn't reason. This, yeah, isn't this Sony all over? It is, absolutely. This has always been Sony all over, which is come up with a great engineering design and then impose a whole load of arbitrary rules that makes the thing such a pain to use that most people are going to forget about it after five minutes. Yeah. You know, we were talking about last week, I said all they need is one killer game or one killer feature. Well, it, it they have that one killer feature, remote play. Yeah. They could run commercials showing somebody playing a game on their, you know, PS3, and then the somebody in the background says, it's time to go, and then you see that same person getting in their car, pulling out their Vita, pushing a button, and the game is continuing right there on their Vita. Yeah. That would be a killer thing to do. That would sell the system. In fact, it wouldn't just sell this, it would also sell PS3s. Yeah. Oh, and why not take it a stage further? The PS3 has a um, hard drive in it. Yep. Why not? Why not allow you to um, rip digital copies of your Blu-ray movies into the PS3, and then be able to stream over the internet to a PSP? Well, why even have to? Why have to rip them? Why not just have the Blu-ray disc in the PS3? Well, because you might want a library of them rather than just having one. Yeah, but for you know, marketing reasons, uh, you know, yeah. they could at least show that. Oh, Mom, I was watching this movie. Just continue watching it on your Vita. Oh, yeah. Click. Boom. It's working. The kid's in the car watching the movie. Right where he left off. There's no reason that this shouldn't work. I mean, the software is there. The hardware is there. The networking is there. What's not there is some retard at Sony who puts these arbitrary restrictions on it. It yeah. makes absolutely no sense, David. And it's very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. Whereas a company like Apple is continually adding new stuff, like remote screens and, you know, all, just neat stuff that you didn't even know you wanted until they make it. The ability to watch something on your iPad or your iPhone and go, here, I want everyone to see it, click a button, and now it's playing on your big screen TV via your Apple TV. Yeah. That's awesome, and it's easy to use. Sony's got the technology to leapfrog that. And what idiot at Sony said no, no. We're, well, I, I would imagine it's not a it's not a single person. It will be uh, the result of several committee meetings. Yeah. To discuss, you know, the uh, the strategies for implementing new features on this platform. Um, and, um, of course, you know, the people sat around the table doing that, all of them will have different business interests. Well, you know, the PS Vita, uh, David, was everything I wanted it to be from a hardware standpoint as well as almost a software standpoint. And the only problems with it are arbitrary roadblocks Sony themselves have put in front of it that make absolutely no financial, economic, or business sense on any level at all. It, it it's really really frustrating, and it, this does come back to, you know, the 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 discussion we had about this platform uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then a larger discussion we've had before about ability to deliver and execute. One of the reasons that 
Apple is so dominant in this industry now is because, not necessarily because they've got the best hardware, the best software, um, or the best marketing platform, or the best online systems, or anything like that. It's because they bring everything together in such a way that it works properly from end to end. Yep. It's sad. It really is. Because it could be so much more. Yeah. And to launch Um, it... like this is it just it makes no sense to me so i I mean are there any games for it at the moment there's not a lot of games um the one that i actually have uh is uh uncharted and i'll be honest it feels like the console version and i love all three of the uncharted on the ps3 they're some of the best games ever made i mean the voice acting is just phenomenal the storytelling in the games are phenomenal, but more importantly, the gameplay is extremely addictive and fun. Right. It's kind of Laura Croft, but it's a guy. But it's it's better yeah. done than Laura Croft. Remember when Laura Croft was at its most popular? They were cranking out a game every seven months. Yeah. And the quality just went to crap. Well, Uncharted uh, launched with the PS3, so it's been around for what four years, five years, and they've only got three three of these games out they take their time the attention to detail is just phenomenal and the gameplay is so fun you you want to get to the next thing so do you think that's a killer app for the no psv no it is if you're already an uncharted fan well that's that's the point i made the other week isn't it is that it it needs (laughs) you don't really want to play another iteration of a, of a previous franchise on these things. You want something new, something that, you know, that, like a Halo that right. um, effectively is, is new to that platform, and, mm-hmm. it, and that's the only way to get that gaming experience is to have that platform. Yep, and I totally agree with you, but I don't think it's one game. After having this device, I think it's remote play. I think that's the killer feature, and there's no reason that you can't do that. You know what I don't like, though? You know, it's got these icons, and they they kind of appear to be haphazardly kind of put wherever. You can't move them around. At least I don't think. Let me try. Can I move them? No, I can't. I can't rearrange the... Oh, wait. Yeah, I can. Okay, I take that back. But it's not obvious how you could do it. No. Uh, It's interesting you say that. One of the criticisms, I think, that people have been raising at the Windows 8 uh, consumer preview is that it has all of these... Uh, new ways of doing things and there are no visual cues in the system whatsoever to tell you how to get these features so if you want to know how to change the settings in an an application or you want to get to the start menu or anything like that there are various tricks built into the system there's keystrokes there's mouse movements everything that allow you to do all of that stuff but they give you no visual indication that it can be done at all and so you kind of unless you stumble across it you don't even know it's there and, um, you know, that's that's really bad design. This is the music that the system plays at the home screen. Now, thankfully, you could turn this off. It's the first yeah. thing I learned how to do is to turn that off. But, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Nintendo's... You, you hear it? It sounds like a yeah. Nintendo system. Yeah. So I'm it's very Japanese. Very Japanese. Japanese which, trippy. Now it, it has this touch screen on the touchpad on the back. Have you used that at all? I haven't. I haven't found any games that do it. 
Um, right. And that just might be uh, my problem. Um, but there's just not a lot of games. There's just not. And it's right. it's kind of disappointing because I want to use this thing. And like I said, I, I like the Uncharted game, but, you know, it should be so much more than what it is. Did you get that game bundled with the system? Or did you no, have to buy it separately. had to buy it separately. So how, how much was that? Uh, I think the game was 39 that's not so bad. No, and it's a quality game. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's not a cheapy game. No, I mean, if they were coming in at $60, then that would be hard to swallow. Yeah. The, I think another issue that they're going to have is you could download games. You can buy and download games from the PS Store. Yeah. But they're anywhere from $7.99 to $20. And they're the casual type of games, you know. And I think they're they're overpricing. I think they're overpricing because they have a lot less users. So when you say casual type of games, what do you mean? Like Plants vs. Like, Zombies, for instance. Right, I could so download, char- and it, but it's $10. Well, how much is $10, it on iOS? Yeah, it was $0.99 cents on iOS. <laughs> I mean, how, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a game that everyone's played already and is really, really old. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it might have a slightly better graphics, and you can download it. Oh, don't don't forget that when you download, you have to download that really expensive memory card they make you buy as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I, I mean, yeah, those are the those are the things that just drive me mad. As those well. are the things that kind of put yeah. me off, you know. Yeah, and um, again, it's it's not it's not the fault of the unit itself. It's a brilliant little unit. It's a fault of Sony. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, David. I want to talk about the Windows Mobile 7 phone here in a minute. Sure. Okay. Are you a geek? I guess so. What do you mean you guess so? Prove your geek cred. I don't need to prove myself to you. I'm the new host of the geekiest show ever. We will see about that. Don't you just hate it when droids think they have all the control and don't know their role? You know, they forget that we can turn the power off. Oh no, you can't. Oh yes, I can. Don't, please. I'll be good. That's better. Nothing worse than artificial intelligence being, well, unintelligent. Head across to iTunes and subscribe to the Geekiest Show Ever podcast. The only show truly dedicated to geekery. So The Verge has... Let me see if I can find it up here. I, I like The Verge's website, but it's so damn hard to find anything on their website. Yeah. Um, the Lumina 900 review. Yeah. So this is the new uh, Windows mobile phone. This is their from, flagship from, phone. Yeah, from Microsoft and Nokia. The fruits of their... It looks like a nice flagship. phone, I have to say. It looks beautiful. Hardware-wise. I, uh, I've used a little bit of Windows Mobile on the phones. Um, I know somebody who has one, and I played with it a little bit. Um, and it, what I love about it is that you know they, unlike Android, they have conceptually said let's start from scratch and do something completely different. And I think it's a really bold attempt. I the problem I have with it constantly is that um, it it's it looks beautiful on the surface but as soon as you get below that and actually try and 
use it, you, f- you, f- you, there's so many little things about it that frustrate and that you can't change. Like, for instance, the um, any of the apps, the mail app or or the browser or anything like that, the way they're con- kind of constructed, they're very big and bold, but yeah. they take a lot of space up and don't show a lot of information. Right. So you don't get a very in in the browser, for instance, you don't get a very you, you feel. It's kind of like browsing the web through a telescope. Well, plus it comes with Explorer, and it's a terrible web browser. Yeah, it's... You I know, played it's with not... one of these in the Microsoft Store, David. Yeah. Their web browser is terrible. And that's, it, that's the big thing that you're going to do on a mobile yeah. phone now. You're going to browse the Internet. Yeah. And Internet it, Explorer oh. is a terrible, terrible, terrible mobile browser. It's just they, terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, you know, kind of like what you said before, that software and it can be fixed. You know, something that can be improved over time. But um, yeah, the the problem, the the real difficulty I have with it is not so much that it's um, that it's slow and it's buggy and it's hard to use. Is it is this kind of this, and all the Windows mobile apps kind of do this. It's this kind of tunnel vision effect, where the way the screen elements are put together mean that there's an awful lot of white space around everything and you just don't you just you kind of you think i wish this was bigger because then i could get more information on it you know it it can and some of them are quite big so you'll have a big like four and a half inch screen and then you go into the mail client it's just wasted space yeah it's basically it's it's kind of you know tiny text in the middle of a big white space and there's no way you can change that at all and the same and it is it is a conceptual problem because when you look at the same apps on the windows 8 consumer preview under metro which is what they call this system this tiled system that you find in windows mobile 8 uh, windows mobile and windows um, uh, 8 um, it's the same yeah. So you can have, you know, I, I'm on my m- machine at work. I have uh, it's a Mac Mini, and I have um, a 19 inch 4.3 aspect ratio display, high res, and then a 23 inch Apple Cinema display uh, connected to the Mac Mini. And I had the Windows 8 Consumer Preview on the 23 inch display, and I was running Mail, and I couldn't see more than one Mail at a time. Yeah, retarded. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was just acres of white space, and there's no way of changing that. And and Windows Mobile is the same. Yeah, well, it's, and, and it's, here's the problem. Here's twofold. They're they're calling it Windows to begin with, and yeah. it's not a windowing operating system. That's where Windows got its name from. For those who don't know, yeah. it used a, it used a windowing operating system like the Xerox Park, uh, Star, and the Macintosh, and they just called it Windows. It's not. It's Metro. No, just yeah, they, get, they uh, call it Metro. They, yeah, they are. They're they're obviously you know again the brand, the marketing, and the brand people are. Yeah, Joshua. That one. Uh, Joshua uh, I I'm, I'm probably mangling his name, but Tapolsky. 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 Okay. Um. He, he, there's a paragraph. Three paragraphs in here. They're very short. I want to read them because I I think it's very honest and true and i've been guilty of this in that i was excited to see microsoft going down this path david because metro is different and i was very happy to see microsoft actually doing something different they weren't simply copying ios and android and to me that's the key to success in the cell phone and the mobile market at this point don't copy what's already out there because you're yeah. going to be 
unfavorably, most likely, compared to that which you're copying. Well, it's and, not and Microsoft. That. Yeah, you're setting yourself up. If you copy, you're setting yourself up to... The only way to win if you copy is by doing it 150% better than the other guy. Yeah. And nobody has got even close to that yet. Right. Whereas an, an alternate strategy is to do something different. At least somebody can say, well, I prefer that to this, right. so I'm going to stick with you rather than the other. But the other aspect of that is Microsoft has done nothing but copy everybody else since they're, I, that's what their company was founded on. L- look what else is out there and make a better copy of it, or at least one that's good enough, and then we'll just price it low enough where we'll put the other competitor out of business. Um, yeah, they, They've been nothing but a giant Xerox factory, if you will, since day one. And I don't say, I don't think I say that unfairly either, David. That's what Microsoft's MO has been since that company was founded. That's why Steve Jobs had such a dislike for that company. So for them to come out with Metro, to me, on top of what they're doing on the Xbox, was very heartening. Wow, Microsoft's actually doing some original. And you could you could say the Xbox 360 is not original. But I I think they're taking chances that they never took before. Maybe that's because, you know, Bill Gates isn't at the top anymore. He's not calling the shots, so it's the they turned off the Xerox machines. I don't know. Um but Josh says something in his review and I think I was at this point too, but he put it better than I could. In the review under software, it says, let me put this bluntly. I think it's time to stop giving Windows Phone a pass. I think it's time to stop talking about how beautifully designed it is and what a departure it's been for Microsoft and how hard the company is working to add features. I'm very aware of the hard work and dedication Microsoft has put into this platform. But the but at the end of the day, Windows Phone is just not as competitive as iOS and Android as it should be right now. Before you cry foul... Keep in mind that I went into this review wanting to fall madly in love with this phone. But like a book with a beautiful jacket and a plot full of holes, I find myself wanting more. A lot more. The problem with Windows phones are myriad. Many small. But it's death by a thousand cuts. And all those little problems once again immediately apparent to me the moment I started using the Lumina, Lumia 900. I think he's absolutely right. It's time to stop giving Microsoft a pass just because they're doing something different and they're not following yeah. everybody. Uh-huh. You still have to make a good product. And yeah, it's it's very interesting that that those comments he's made there because actually uh, the couple of people I know who have bought Windows phones, um, it it has been very much that experience. They've been in love with it for the first couple of weeks, and then you come back to them afterwards, and then they all they do is complain about the issues. So it's it um, is and I. Yeah, a I death think, by I think, a thousand cuts. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's you know it's basically it, what they say is it is it, it's quite hard to use. It's quite hard to get what done what you want to get done on it. Um, there's been some you know some really annoying hardware issues as well, like battery life problems, where uh, the, the the one one person I know in particular, the phone was needing to be charged three times a day. That's bad. Uh, and and basically they were all like that. There was no point. Change. It wasn't like you know. Uh, sometimes you can get a, an iOS uh, device that will go like that, and you take it in the Apple Store, and they change it for another one. Um, this was this was all of them, so so it wasn't that. And and I think the other thing as well, and and this I really would would not um, give anybody a pass for because I again I, it goes back to us 
you know, uh, leading the industry in the way that Apple has done, is the 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 issue with software updates for these phones is ridiculous. And I mean ridiculous in a bad way, not in the uh, ironic <laughs> kind of hipsterish way. Um, it's just terrible. These the updates. Are, it, Microsoft came came out initially when this platform launched, saying it's going to be like um, Apple. We will control the updates. We will push the updates out. You'll get them as quickly as we can make them, and you'll get new features every time an update comes out. Um, and then they retracted from that, and they've basically gone back to the the old bad old model where where basically they produce an update and then they push it to the carriers and the carriers sit on it for eight nine months and then if you're lucky the carrier begrudgingly pushes it out to the phone yeah but that's going to happen less and less with android and windows mobile 7 phones um that's the carriers want you to buy a new one i know but they want you to buy a new one whereas apple is in control of the software when software gets updated and yeah, that's the model that has to go down. It has to go uh, down. Yeah, but, but Microsoft had not, they tried to basically push that model through and didn't get anywhere with it. And now well, they could capitulate it to the carriers. Model. Right. Yeah. Because their phones that, weren't but, selling was the problem. Because the software isn't very good and the hardware's been crappy up to this point. But if the software's not very good and the phones don't sell and then you can't push the updates out to fix the phones, then you're going to be stuck in that hole. Yep. Another problem he says is. Uh, uh, one issue nagged me. Uh, other issues nag me. In the browser, web pages are often displayed incorrectly, as IE seems incapable of rendering certain web elements properly. That's exactly the problem that I had, David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet that was loud. So so bad Bless it made me. you sneeze. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. It's you know what the problem is. We had like eighty degree weather, almost ninety degree weather in March. And, and spores and mold and all this crap started to grow earlier than it was supposed to, and it's just destroyed my sinuses. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are the menus to consider, and many applications, options to navigate are often hidden beneath long presses, meaning that most users will never know how to do simple things like delete a single text message from their inbox. It's, yep. I think he's right. It's time to stop giving Microsoft a pass. This is software that's been out for two years now. Third-party apps still don't scroll for crap. It's a clunky interface. The web browser's terrible. I, I'm, I was surprised to find it's still not multitasking properly. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> it, this has been out for two years. Yeah. And it's still not at the point where iPhone... 1.0 was at it's not yeah and yet we're expected as consumers to pay a hundred dollars on a two-year contract for this phone in the u.s and it's got buggy software that you you can't really browse the internet with any kind of real secure knowledge that what you're seeing is what it's supposed to look like because ie is a hunk of junk Third-party apps are buggy. They don't scroll correctly. You could say, well, maybe that's the fault of the developers, but it happens so often that I, I've i got to put it back on the OS at this yeah. point. You know, it's, it's sad is what it is, David. We're, we're Apple fans as far as their products. I love the Apple products that I have. I love my iPhone 4S. It's the best phone I've ever used. 
and it will probably continue to be the best phone I ever use until the i until the iPhone five comes out. The new iPad, David, you've got it. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, you cannot definitely. you cannot overstate how great that screen is. It's it's a game changer. But more importantly, it's it's finally got enough RAM, GPU, and CPU power to do everything you could ever want. Yeah. I've, I talk about GTA on this podcast because re- that's my favorite game franchise. And GTA 3 on my iPad 1, it worked, but it just it just didn't feel right. You know? It was hard to control mm-hmm. cars, and it, it wasn't choppy, but it just didn't feel good. Just There was just a kind of a, a little bit of lag, wasn't there? I don't even know if I'd call it lag. It was something. On the yeah. iPad 3. Now, look, GTA 3 is a 10-year-old game. I, I, I owned it on the PS2, and I played it all the way through. I beat the game, I think. Yeah, I did. And it was one of my favorite video games of all time. I liked, mm. I liked San Andreas and Vice City better, but... They're all basically the same game. But I, I love that game. And I wanted to recapture that love on my iPad. And my iPad 1 didn't allow me to do that. And I was kind of disappointed. It's just the opposite on the iPad 3. I, yeah. I think I may be enjoying the game even more than I did on the PS2. Yeah. It's so smooth and fluid. It, it's just, it, it's easy to control the cars. It's, uh, the graphics are, you know, they're PS2 quality graphics, so they're not the greatest, but I've got an entire city on my iPad to explore. I must admit, I've not, I've not played around with it since I got the iPad 3. I'll have to have a go. It's a totally different experience. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about though, that, uh, you know, I love these iOS devices. I love my Mac. Hell, I've been running a Macintosh-centric publication since 1995, you know. But more than that, I love technology, you know. And and not to sound braggy or anything, but I I was sitting in my hotel room the day I bought the uh, PS Vita. Mm -hmm. And I'm emptying out my backpack, and I've got an iPad 3, and I set that on the couch next to the iPhone 4S. And then the Vita is sitting there. And then I pull out my uh, my Kindle Fire. And I kind of look at it, and I'm like, wow, look at all this stuff. And only half yeah. of it is Apple stuff. Yeah. I, I love electronic gadgets. I love technology. I really do. And that's why it hurts me that Microsoft is just screwing up so bad when it comes to their their mobile offering. I, I want something else out there, David. Call me. I, I'll say it right out. I'm greedy. I want more choices. I want more things that I can buy, that I can play with, that I like. I want that. And it, and it really bothers me that Microsoft could totally be that company. And they're not. HP totally could have been that company. And and they just threw in the towel before they even started the race. 
it it does seem to be a bit of a trend that um now let's not even know. talk about the playbook good god <laughs> but uh, but i i think you know again blackberry is it's it's almost like um people are so flummoxed by apple's success that they really can't understand how to respond and of course the smart way to respond is just do good stuff yeah yeah don't be clever right don't have snark- don't, don't, don't try have- to be too clever yeah i wanted to be don't- clever but don't try to get too cutesy with crap yeah but don't i mean when i say don't be clever i mean don't think that just having one feature that apple devices don't have is going to make everyone like the scales fall from everyone's eyes and they go oh my god the iphone is rubbish because it doesn't have you know whatever it is near field communications or whatever the you know the latest you know feature tick tick uh, list that they're shoehorning into an android phone or something like that and it's also um it's also don't think you can do something so completely different that it doesn't matter if you don't do it well. I agree with you. <laughs> you know, I think you're absolutely I mean, right. You've got it. it it's uh, unfortunately, I think what most of these companies have failed to realize is what Apple have shown everyone, and and I'm talking about people who, people who like Apple products and people who don't, people who are interested in technology and people who don't, people who buy everything Apple buy and people who really aren't bothered about buying anything that Apple make. Yeah, what it has shown all of those people is how to do this stuff right. And what people aren't prepared to put up with is companies that don't do it right. Yep. Whether it be delivering it to you, executing, actually having the device, whether the support and the uh, maintenance and the you know disposal and the life and the frequency of updates and everything like all the, these are all things that Apple thinks about and does a fairly good job of. And you know the funny the thing, thing is, they're not David, perfect, but they're not doing it in just one industry either. And that's the funny part; they're doing it. In computing, with uh, with all the different apps that Apple make and third-party companies make for the iOS devices, they're doing it in cell phones. They're doing it in handheld gaming. Um, when's the last time you heard anybody going out to buy a dedicated GPS unit? I mean, they've come in and destroyed so many industries because their product, while it might not be best of class in every one of them, it's towards the top in all of them. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. So let's take a, one more break, David, and then we're going to talk about um, a new problem that uh, Mac users may be experiencing. We'll be right back. Siri, can you help me find a good podcast? Why do you want to find a good baseball bat? Podcast, you... Well, I like to listen to Pocket Size Podcast. It's a great short podcast about all things iOS and iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV, and it's got a great co-host. You mean Peter? No, me. (sighs) Could you just find me a good book instead? Why do you want to become a crook instead? I thought it was men that weren't supposed to be able to understand women. Now searching for men who don't understand women. Oh, there are about 3.5 billion of them on Earth right now. I can find support groups for you. Now searching for support groups for men who don't understand women. Look, there's 12 near you. One of them even Whether you're a man or a woman, you'll find Pocket-Sized Podcast to be a great resource for all things about Apple's iOS devices. iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We feature reviews, 
interviews, and great coverage of all kinds of software and hardware devices. And the best part about it is, we don't talk about beta software, if you know who I mean. Ouch, that hurts. After all we've been through together. Find us at pocketsizepodcast.com or search iTunes for Pocket Size Podcast. Tim at mymac.com is the way you can contact me. How do they uh, contact you, David? Uh, send me a letter. Send, you, um, send, me, the send, me a, send me a letter in the post, yeah. Just address <laughs> it to David at mymac, um, Battle Creek, Michigan, <laughs> CO Tim Robertson, and just put it in the mail like that and then let the mail deal with it because they'll... they'll Actually, well, the, you can find me on you find me on Twitter at David Beaker. If you put Kara Tim Robertson, the post office here in Battle Creek would know that was me because I worked there. I know quite a few mailmen. <laughs> of course, go. that was in the early '90s. But you know, when I started my Mac, David, I actually was a mail carrier. Yeah. 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 It was. Did, uh, you, did you enjoy that? Um, I enjoy the paychecks and the stability, but. It was so boring. It wasn't mentally challenging enough for me on any level. By the same token, it did afford me to to start up my Mac and get pour all my creative energies into that initially. Whereas if I would have had a job that challenged me mentally, maybe I wouldn't have done it. You yeah, know what the, I mean? The uh, Royal Mail Postal Service is... Uh it's a troubled industry here in the UK. Oh, it is everywhere that has no, but it's, computers. It's, yeah, but it's it's really, really bad. It's been kind of part privatized and um, it's not really competing very well. So the prices are starting to get very expensive now. But it's the same uh, thing in the United a, States. I mean, yeah. UPS and FedEx have really taken away the package delivery. Very few people actually send letters anymore. You know, when you get mail, it's either advertisement or a bill. Yeah. That's it. Unless you you bought something from eBay and they wanted to use the U.S. Postal Service. And you hate those sellers. You're like, ugh. You can't track. And if it shows up missing, oh, well. There's really nothing they're going to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's. I think it's a growing problem. But it's not what I'm prepared to uh, offer solutions for. No. But talking of growing problems. Yeah. Go for it. So there is a um, there is a Trojan that's out in the wild. That It's interesting, this. It, this has kind of been both over-reported and under-reported. It's been under-reported in that, you know, you would have thought the first time, like kind of a major infection of, of some sort of malware on Macs, You'd have thought the internet would go mad, and it hasn't really. It's been very low-key. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, but the flip side of that is the people who are reporting it are, you know, doing the usual lazy things of ringing up the nearest antivirus vendor who's going, oh, my God, this is absolutely terrible. You must buy our product straight away. Um, And if you're you're with a company like MyMac, you get emails from experts in the field who are are volunteering out of the goodness of their heart to come on your show and talk about it. <laughs> and that kind of prompted this discussion really because yeah. you know that, that that was going around on mail lists and yeah. and I just sent an email back saying 
dudes. <laughs> I'm a qualified security professional. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> if you need, if you want to, uh, you know, an objective view, just give me a call. But um, this is a real problem. Let's not. It, let's no, not it is. Not, I don't, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to play it down. I always knew that that this would happen because there's no such thing as a hundred percent secure system no. unless you unless you turn it off and never connect it to a network. I mean, that's pretty secure, but it's not very usable. That's right. Um, you know, so so this would always this was always going to be a potential problem, but it's it's probably it's no it's not a big problem, um, but it's something that that Mac users need to be aware of, and and as the Mac grows in in volume and and sales and market share and that sort of thing, it, it's it's going to become more subject to these things, and, and unfortunately, it's impossible to, you know, just like you can't prevent spam or Twitter spam or. Um, you know the, the, that these malware sites are out there. You can't prevent the occasional infection. Unfortunately, you just got to know how to deal with it. So the crux of the um, of the issue is that this Trojan, it's known as Flashback. It was originally targeted as a fake uh, Adobe Flash installer. Yep. Um, and now it can do what's called a drive-by um, infection, where you can go to a web- website and become infected almost without your knowledge via Java. Via Java, that's right. And Java on on the Mac is uh, is an unusual position. It's in fact, Java... it's not even installed by default anymore. No, if you have a not... clean Mac OS Lion, you don't have Java on there. You have no. to download install Java. And and these issues are exactly the reason that Apple took that decision. It's because they're aware that Java is not something that um, is is even though they issue their own version of it, it's not something that. Um, they they know the source code for inside out, and so it is a potential vector for infection. And what happens with this, if you have Java running on your browser and then you go to one of these sites, um, it has developed to the point now where it can get it can get software into your system um, without presenting you with a logon password. It does try and give uh, ask for your admin password, and it you know if it if it gets gets if it fools you into giving your admin password, then happy days for it because that means it gets bigger hooks into your system. But it can still do what it does without asking for your password. And and basically the payload in this is what it does is it um, it redirects ad traffic um, on your browser so that if you go to certain places, you're picking up ads that have been controlled by the malware authors. Um, and getting those displayed on your system. And, of course, what they want to do is they want to get a whole load of ad impressions so they can then uh, get paid for those ads, and that's the scam that they're running here. So it's not, it's not terribly malicious, but nevertheless, the vulnerability that has now been patched by Apple, um, and as you say, doesn't affect line users by default because they don't have Java on there, that vulnerability potentially in the future could allow something a bit more nasty onto your system, so it does need to be patched and sorted out. Yeah, and Apple but, does have a uh, update already yeah, out there. So if, they if you're worried and, about this, run your software update, and uh, it's Java for OS X 2012-002. It's the yeah. second update so far this year, and we're already just four months into this year, and Apple's updated Java. Now, remember, Java is owned by Sun Microsystems. Yeah, but the version that comes with OS X is actually distributed by Apple. It's yes. not. Uh, this was a patch, and, and you know some of the commentary that has been on this has said, "Oh, you know, this was patched six weeks ago by Oracle and Sun." Um, so, you know, why is it taking Apple so long? Well, it's like, well, of course, it's taking Apple longer. They've got to integrate it into the rest of their system. Yep. You know, they can't just push it out on people and then find it's crashing computers. 
Um, but I, I mean, I, the, the, the good advice that's going around around this is, um, you know, it's probably a good idea to turn Java off unless you, you know you need it. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, my daughter plays a couple online games that require it yeah. and Flash. But, you know, here's the funny thing. Yeah. When she's playing these online games, they're not graphic intensive or anything. After about a half hour, the fans just start roaring in my iMac. It's all yeah. because of Flash. So, but yeah, well, Java as well. To be honest, yeah. Java is not is also not terribly efficient. It's a Java is like one of these portable language environments where, and so Java code will run on anything that has a an interpreter for it. But it's not it's not remotely efficient. So, um, um, particularly on these, you know, on the Apple machines like the iMacs and the laptops that are um, pretty tight in there, anything that that jacks up the CPU usage and keeps it sustained for a while is going to cause the fans to kick in. Yeah. But the thing is, is it, yeah, you don't you don't need to have it running. Um, what I would recommend this is something that I do. I don't have Flash, um, the Flash installer on my machines at all either. What I do is I run a copy of Google Chrome. Yeah, and if I go to anywhere anywhere that needs Flash, um, I um, pop over to Chrome and, and browse it on there, and then shut Chrome down when I'm done. And you could do the same with Java and disable Java in um, Safari, so that you're not generally using it all the time. It's not running in the background. And then if you come to somewhere where you need it, then bang over to Chrome and uh, run it in there, so it's not it's not um, you know something that's you're not you're not going to those Java sites and there's on the same um, browser that you're using to do your online banking or your Facebook or anything like that, which uh, it might be something you, you wouldn't want to get exploited. To be honest, that, I've that, switched to Google. Down. I, I've switched to, uh, at least here at home, i switched to Chrome full-time. Yeah. I think it's a better browser than Safari and Firefox. I really yeah. do. The problem is, is whatever your primary browser is, you want to have Java turned off in it. Yes. Um, you don't want to be running Java all the time because you just don't need to. Yep. Uh, and that reduces your exposure. Obviously, you know, make sure your machine's fully patched. This is a problem for um, older machine uh, users of older machines because if you're on um, Leopard or earlier, they're just not patching that anymore. Yep. So they're not closing these holes. So you just might want to bear that in mind as well if you're on an older machine. Well, at, um, Mac, at uh, Mac Specialist, we actually, or today, it hasn't rolled out on the website yet, but it will later today. We're actually offering a service for people to to take care of this for them. And we'll actually check it. If you're in the Chicago area, bring your Mac into Mac Specialist. We'll check it for free. Yeah. We won't even charge you. If if you're not infected, there's no charge. Unfortunately, the way you check for the infection is fairly technical. Yep. Um, You have to go into the terminal and issue some fairly techie commands. Yep. Which uh, is disappointing. I mean, ultimately, if you're really worried about this sort of thing, go and get yourself an antivirus product. But don't buy one. No. There are loads. There's Sophos has a free one. There are two or three free, uh, free ones on the App Store. There's one called ClamXAV that's been around for ages. That's like kind of an open source one. Uh, and if you do have something like that, don't keep it running all the time, um, like a Windows user has to do. Just you know, have it on your hard drive, have it shut down, and then just once a week, just run a scan if you're really worried about these things. I, I think there will come a time. Um, in the future where we do need to, to have that software around all the time. I don't think we're there yet. The infection rates for this, even for this, which is probably the worst thing we've seen on the Mac, is very low. Yes. The, um, the a security researcher had a look at the control servers that, that interacts with this thing, and, and apparently each infected machine has a unique ID. And so they reckon there's about 600,000 
uh, infections across the world, which is only uh, was less less than well, it's about point one percent of the total Mac base of sixty odd million. So it's it's not really hit a lot of people, um, and the software itself actually, if it does see any antivirus or um, security software on the system, it doesn't install itself because it knows it's going to get caught. Yep. So it was obviously trying to stay under the radar. Um, so you know, just sensible precautions. But there's no, there's no. There's, some of the commentary has been a little bit breathless, particularly as I say from the talking head experts who have uh, some commercial skin in the game of actually trying to big up the threat. But um, by the same token, you can't be too complacent because um, there's a lot of bad guys out there, and if they find a way of getting into systems, they will do. <laughs> well, and that's been. <clears throat> I, mean, I want to check something here. It's that's been the way it has been forever, though. Yeah. You know. Um. If you guys want to follow the latest going on, make sure you check out mymac.com. We do have a uh, a Facebook page. It's my Mac Online. So if you go to facebook.com slash my Mac Online, <clears throat> we usually post you know the latest happenings on the site there. Occasionally, I'll post a little bit of commentary there, but not recently. I've been busy. Um, you know, my Mac gets a lot of traffic, and we have a lot of uh, products out there. And if you're on Facebook all the time, it's a good way to keep track on what's going on. I'm on Twitter at my Mac. David, where are you at on Twitter? Uh, at on Twitter, I am at on David B. Cohen. <clears throat> you don't use Facebook much. You use Twitter. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm one of those curmudgeonly people who thinks Facebook is the devil's spawn. <laughs> I just, um, my wife uses it a lot and she keeps saying that I should use it more. But uh, the problem is, is that I find Twitter very convenient. Um, and Facebook far less so. So that kind of puts me off as well. Yeah. You know. I, uh, <clears throat> the day after David and I recorded the last podcast, we actually put the uh, official MyMac.com uh, April Fool's page up. <laughs> and this year it was, I thought it would be obvious, but we actually got a few people. It was uh, Apple releases iDVD for iPad. Uh, Guy Guy Searle, host of the MyMac podcast, he wrote it, and I did the graphics. I actually called him, um, I'm going to say last Thursday. So So the two days before, three days before April Fool's. Yeah. And I said, uh, I got an idea for April Fool's day, uh, guy, but I, I don't have time to, to write this. So I was, I'm calling to see if you're, you'd be interested in writing this. And I, and I want to make it look like an official press release from Apple. And I'll do the graphics for it, but you write it. And I told him what the idea of, you know, Apple releases iDVD for iPad. And the graphic will show like a DVD actually going into an iPad. And as soon as I said iDVD for iPad, he, of course, died laughing. He thought yeah. it was funny. And he did. He cranked this out in a day. And he did an awesome job on it. I mean, it was yeah. really well done on his end. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was my idea, but he wrote it. And he made it convincing enough where I had some people on Facebook and Twitter actually going, you know, well, how how is that going to work? <laughs> And I'm like, it's April. It's April first. How would you? How could you possibly think this is real? 
But that's kind of the point. If you get even if you get one person, it was worth it. Yeah, and, and did, we got more than yeah. a few. Yeah, I I did one on um, on a a, uh, a notice board that I'm on, which uh, where I, I I talked about how um, you're going to be able to interface really old kind of um, you know basic word processing keyboards, the iPad with a with a new dongle, and quite a few people on there went for that. Um, and you know, and, and I said, "Oh, it's really." Uh, the last line of the post was, "It's really good to see the manufacturers keeping themselves up to date." And I put it in capital letters. Yeah. Right? And I thought, well, that anybody's read through it, they're going to get to the end and realise they've been had. And about four people didn't, and they were going, "Well, where, you know, where did you find it? I've not had an email about this." And, all this, and I was just going, "The clues in the last line, guys," and they still didn't get it. <laughs> so I particularly enjoyed the press contacts on this. Yeah, it, it, he did a good job. Yeah, April Fourth. Yeah, <laughs> he's got this line from Phil Schiller in there that actually sounds like something Phil Schiller would say. If you guys are interested in seeing this, um, it's still up on the My Mac website. Just scroll down to April first date, and there it is. Apple releases iDVD for iPad. I hope you guys read it. It was funny. The guy did a fantastic job. Great job, guy great job yeah so with yeah. that we're going to wrap up this episode of tech fan uh, my wife should be home any minute with the kids after her sojourns of swapping merchandise i think she was selling a bunch of junie bean junie b jones books very popular kid stories that she put online and last night and they all sold overnight she's she's very good at that so oh and by the way um I used to do the MyMac podcast with a guy named Chad Perry. And if you're interested in getting a Mac that has history behind it, Chad is actually selling a G5 iMac with a with a 23-inch cinema display that the MyMac podcast was actually recorded on for a good 2-3 years. And it's 400 bucks. And it's uh, it's a nice machine. It's got quite a bit of RAM. Um, the screen works great. So uh, let me know if someone out there, if you're interested in that G5, let me know. And uh, is it like is local pickup or is he prepared to ship? Uh, he he preferred local pickup, but I mean, you know, if if you're willing to pay for shipping, and it's going to be expensive on a G5 with a cinema display, it's not going to be cheap. It's probably going to be fifty dollars to ship it. Uh, he'd be happy to ship it, I'm sure. But he got a a brand new 27 inch iMac. So cool. this this uh, G5 with the 23 inch cinema display is just unnecessary sitting there now. And uh, I can vouch that it's a really good machine. I mean, my Mac was recorded on that for many years. And the cinema display is it the uh, aluminium one or is it no. the Acrylic. Yeah, it's the acrylic one. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. Yeah. So it's still a good screen. It used to be my screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I got the uh, aluminum one, and I didn't need two 23-inch displays, so I gave Chad that one, and it married up just fine with his G5 tower. So yeah, it uh, it worked well. But, yeah, that's it's. I don't want to say it's the original MyMac podcast production machine, because I don't think I did the first handful of episodes but after that it absolutely was so a little bit of history to it right 
There you go. I, I don't want maybe, it in my house, though. Maybe, 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 maybe guys should buy it for his workflow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with that, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan number 71. Uh, we're all good for next week, David? We're all good, yeah. Good. I will, I'll see you then. <laughs>